topic today is angels, God's invisible messengers. A hundred years ago, who would have believed, doctor, in black holes? Who would have believed it? Who would have believed a hundred years ago that time plus mass and space were not absolutes? but relative. It is true. A wise man will never, never say that's impossible. People have said it. People fly in the air? That's impossible. People go to the moon? That's impossible. Also, Just because we cannot see it doesn't mean it doesn't exist. Now, I'm not a scientist. I know very, very little about science. But on occasions, I try to read some scientific books. And I've been reading there about antimatter that I'm told you can't see. But they say there's evidence for antimatter. Some people with wild enthusiasm have spoken about vast galaxies of antimatter, which you could never see. So just because we can't see it doesn't mean it isn't there. I believe in angels for the same reason I believe in God. I believe in God because I believe in the Bible. Why do I believe in the Bible? Because I was brought up to believe in the Bible? No, not at all. I believe in the Bible because of the evidence. I believe in the Bible because I have seen the hand of God in history. I believe in the Bible because of fulfilled prophecies. I believe in the Bible because of archaeological evidence that substantiates the historicity of the written record. I do not believe in a blind faith. I believe in the Bible also because a man came to this world from another world 2,000 years ago who gave such teachings that are so powerful that if people will follow those teachings, they'll be happier than they ever dreamed possible. So I believe, first and foremost, my authority today is the Bible. In the Bible, there are more than 300 references to angels. Going back to the Garden of Eden, you see the angels guarding the way to the tree of life. And then as I answered in the question on one occasion when Abraham was sitting outside his tent, three men came to visit him and two of them were angels. And then the next chapter, it talks about Lot sitting in the gateway or in the, some area, open space in Sodom. And he was visited, the Bible says, by angels. You see them right there. Then you read about them in Egypt at the time of the children of Israel when they came out of Egypt at the time of the Exodus and the time of the Passover. 
The Bible says at Mount Sinai, when God came down in fire, a vast company of angels came with him. Then you read about angels who came down in the days of Babylon when Daniel was in the lion's den, and they shut the mouths of the lions. You read about an angel coming to see a little peasant girl, a virgin girl whose name was Mary in the New Testament to tell her the greatest news in the world. You read about angels at the time of the death of Jesus when he was in the tomb. The Bible records that angels came down and rolled back this great stone. You read about them in the New Testament over and over again where Peter was locked up in prison facing death and an angel came and opened the door. You read about angels when Paul was on a boat and it appeared as though the boat was going to go down in a tremendous storm. And an angel said, don't be afraid, Paul. I'm with you. That's only to mention just a few. The question is, who are these beings who surround us, protect us, influence the fate of nations, execute justice and deliver powerful messages who are they i believe in the world of the supernatural i believe that there are powerful sinister occult forces in the world And I believe that there are powerful supernatural beings that execute the will of God that are called angels. Who are they? Please take your Bible and turn with me to the book of Hebrews chapter 1. Hebrews chapter 1 and verse 14. And I'm glad to see so many wonderful people here today in our church. Hebrews chapter 1 and verse 14, the writer says, Are not all angels ministering spirits sent forth to serve those who will inherit salvation? The Bible says that they are spirit beings. We are not spirit beings. We have flesh and bones. We have bodies. They do not have bodies of flesh and bones, but nevertheless they are just as real. And on occasions, these beings that are spirit beings have manifested themselves as men to people on this earth. I have a friend whom I love very much. His name is Charles. And Charles was going through a, he's a dear supporter of this ministry, helped us in our work in Russia. Charles told me the story of a time of deep distress that he was going through. And he told me that he got down beside his bed. This man is a cold, calculated businessman. And as he got into bed, before he got into bed, as he was kneeling beside his bed, he felt the brush of unseen hands. I have spoken to a multitude of people who have felt an unseen presence, I have. 
Maybe you have too. These beings are created beings. The Bible, I'm going to give you so many texts today that we're not going to turn to all of them. But we're told in the book of Colossians, chapter 1, verse 16 and 17, that Jesus Christ created the whole of the universe, and he was before everything that was made. The angels are not dead loved ones. But the angels, my friend, go back before death. The Bible tells us that before death invaded this planet, there were angels there. I say it, I want you to hear this ever so plainly. Angels are created beings made by God, made and fashioned by the Almighty God. They are spirit beings and they predate human beings. They are not our dead loved ones. And you can read this in Genesis chapter 3 and verse 24. The Bible tells us that angels are beings of vast intelligence with the ability, listen to this, of instantaneous travel. They possess great powers and they are a higher order than human beings. Uh, while you're here in Hebrews, come to Hebrews 2 and verses 5 to 7. Hebrews 2 verses 5 to 7. But there is a place where someone has testified, what is a man that you are mindful of him, the son of man that you care for him. You made him a little lower than the angels. You crowned him with glory and honor. You put everything under his feet. So the Bible says that when the human race was made, the human race which was made to be exalted and glorious and to rule the world, human beings, my friend, are not animals. We are not related to the beasts. You are a child of God. You are not a machine. You are not an animal. You are a child of God. I resent it when people say that we are animals, the highest form of animal. We are not animals. We are children of God, made by God. And the Bible tells us that we were made a little lower than the angels. Therefore, when you think of Adam in the Garden of Eden with all his glory and all his power and with his beautiful bride by his side, they, my friend, were made a little lower than the angels. And the angels exist in vast numbers. The Bible talks about myriads, multitudes. Would you come over here to Revelation chapter 5 and verse 11 and 12? Revelation 5 verse 11 and 12. Revelation chapter 5 verse 11 and 12. Then I looked and heard the voice of many angels, numbering thousands upon thousands, and 10,000 times 10,000. They encircled the throne and the living creatures and the elders. In a loud voice they sang, Worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and strength and honor and praise and blessing. Honor, praise and glory. So the Bible talks about thousands and thousands and 10,000 times 10,000. We are not to take these figures literally. We're not to try to multiply them. But the Bible is saying an innumerable host, millions and millions and millions of these celestial beings. The Bible also says there are evil angels. We talked about that last week. There are evil angels. When I spoke on 
Who is Cher really talking to? Is she talking to Sonny? There are evil angels. And the Bible says there was a great rebellion led by Lucifer, the shining one, and one third of the angels joined with Lucifer in rebellion against God. And as we pointed out last week, and I want you to hear this, these evil angels have the capacity to impersonate the dead and to do miracles and to deceive. Angels, I'm told in the Bible, are beings of shining splendor. If you were to see one of God's angels, you would be overwhelmed by his glory if he didn't hide it. The founder of the Salvation Army was a great man of God, General Booth. He believed that God gave him a vision of angels. He stated that every angel was surrounded with an aura of rainbow light so brilliant that were it not withheld, no human being could stand the sight of it. And people have seen angels. People have seen them. The book you hold in your hands is an authentic historical record. It's not a load of myths. It is an historical, authentic, accurate record of God's acts in history. And on occasions, you have the record of men and women seeing these beings from another world. For instance, come here to Matthew 28, verse 2 and 3. Matthew 28 and verses 2 and 3. Matthew 28 verses 2 and 3. The Bible says there was a violent earthquake. For an angel, the messenger, because that's what angel means. For an angel of the Lord came down from heaven and going to the tomb, rolled back the stone and sat on it. Does anybody know how heavy that stone was? That stone most likely was several tons. And the angel came to the stone and with the flick of his little finger rolled it back. And so nobody would doubt who was in control. He went and sat on it. And the Bible says his appearance was like lightning and his clothes were white as snow. The guards were so afraid of him that they shook and became like dead men. I've had the privilege of knowing many, many missionaries who've gone to the South Sea Islands. I too have gone to the South Sea Islands and conducted great evangelistic campaigns. Where I come from, Australia, this became the source of sending missionaries to those islands. They came from Australia. That was our mission field. Papua New Guinea, the Solomons, Fiji, 
all of those places. I've visited those places. Years and years ago, 70, 80 years ago, most of the people who lived in those islands were savage cannibals. Did you know that? They were headhunters and they lived on human flesh. Many years ago, a missionary went out to one of those places with his wife. I think it was the Solomons. Where the natives were fierce. Where they lived on human flesh. And there they built a little home beside the sea. And that part of the world was controlled by evil spirits. If you doubt whether there are evil spirits, go and talk to the missionaries. Go and talk to the missionaries. And the witch doctor said, these people are going to die. We're going to destroy them. And so the witch doctor and the chief gathered the whole tribe together. And that night they marched down to the beach to destroy the missionary and his wife and to burn down their home. But when they marched down, they stood there and the missionaries inside knew that they were standing there. They could look out the window, look through the thatch and they could see thousands, hundreds at least, of natives with their spears and their bows and their knives waiting to kill them. But they came no further. And this happened night after night after night. For weeks they would come and they would stand and then they would go back. And then one day the missionary was talking to one of the natives. He said, where do you get your army from? He said, we have no army. Oh, don't lie to us. We know you have an army. No, we have no army. Only my wife is with me. A thousand miles from civilization. We have no. You have an army dressed in white. And they hold swords. And they stand around your house every night. And we cannot go any further. I tell you, my friend, there is a real world out there. There are heavenly messengers dressed in white. Don't laugh. But if you could open your eyes today to spiritual things, you would find that this place is filled with holy angels. Soldiers dressed in shining white. There are various orders of angels. They're not disorganized. They have orders. The Bible tells us about Michael, the leader of the angelic hosts. The word Michael means he who is like God, and that is very appropriate. The Bible talks about him disputing with Satan over the body of Christ. You can read that in Jude. Then the Bible talks in, Gabriel, in other places like Daniel in the New Testament about another angel who was called Gabriel, who stands in the very presence of God and who was sent down to give to Daniel certain messages concerning the last days. Much of the book of Daniel was given by 
Gabriel, this mighty angel who says, I stand in the presence of God and I have been sent to you. Therefore, consider the vision. And then when this little peasant girl was wondering what was going to happen to her, a mighty angel came and he said, I am Gabriel. And then there was the priest, the father of of John the Baptist, Zechariah, and he was standing in the temple and he became present, became aware that there was a holy presence and it was standing beside him. He said, who are you? He said, I am Gabriel. You will have a son and you will call him John. The Bible talks about seraphim and cherubim. In the book of Isaiah chapter 6, maybe we should turn to that passage because it talks about the orders of the angels. Isaiah chapter 6, dear hearts, isn't this interesting? Verse 1 to 3, In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord seated on a throne, high and exalted, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Above him were seraphs, or seraphim, Each with six wings, with two wings they covered their faces, with two they covered their feet, and with two they were flying, and they were calling to one another, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord Almighty. The whole earth is full of his glory. At the sound of their voices, the doorposts and the threshold shook, and the temple was filled with smoke. So the Bible here talks about these seraphim. And then in Psalm 99 and verse 1, it talks about the cherubim who stand beside the throne. The seraphim above the throne and the cherubim beside the throne of Almighty God. They are, my friend, God's mighty unseen army sent forth to do the will of God. If you had time, if we had time, we would turn to 2 Kings chapter 6. Don't do it now. And this is the story of Elisha the prophet. And he with his servant, they are surrounded by a vast army. And the servant is trembling. He says, Master, what shall we do? What are we going to do now? We are surrounded. And Elisha says, Lord, open the young man's eyes. And God opens the young man's eyes and he sees in the mountains thousands and thousands of horses and chariots, chariots of fire. The angels of God open his eyes. If God were to open your eyes today, you would see horses and chariots of fire. God's unseen army. What do they do? What is their mission? They protect and deliver God's earthly children. In Acts chapter 12, there is the great story of Peter locked up in prison. Peter thinks this is it. Then as he's sleeping, someone comes and shakes him. (laughs) And the angel says, because it's an angel, get up Peter, we're getting you out of here. And the angel leads him out and they come to the great gate and the gate opens by itself. Peter, delivered by an angel. A famous person in church history, modern church history, is Corrie Ten Boom. She was a Dutch lady who did all she could to protect 
the Jewish people and other people from the onslaughts of the Nazis. Because of her activities, the Germans took her and she was placed in Ravensbrück prison camp. She was put in a women's prison camp. There wasn't much hope. When they came into the building, they were told to strip naked and then their hair was even checked. Curry said to the guard, the woman guard, may I go to the bathroom with my friend? The bathroom was a hole in the ground, surrounded by cockroaches. She went in there and they both took off their woolen underclothes and they had a Bible and they hid it in the woolen underclothes and Curry held on, put it, didn't hold on to it, she put it in a corner covered with cockroaches. Then she went out and they were dressed in the prison garb. But she went back and she got her underclothes, woolen underclothes because it was cold, containing the Bible. Then they had to have two inspections. Corrie prayed, God, send an angel. As she came to the inspection, every person in front of her was thoroughly searched, a body search. When she came, they never saw her. The woman behind her was searched. They didn't see Kari. And then they came through the door, and there was a final search. They were searching their hair. They were stripping them naked. Every person in front, every person, every person behind, Kari said, Lord, send an angel. She walked out. She walked out. And she walked out carrying her Bible. Nobody saw her. She said, surely the presence of the Lord is in this place, even in a concentration camp. Then there was Paul, my friend, on board a ship, and the ship was going down, and he was standing there, and God sent down an angel. And Paul said, the God of whom I serve, sent his angel and said, nothing is going to happen to this ship. When I was a little boy, my mother taught me my first memory verse, my first. In those days, we used to memorize passages of the Bible. She taught me the angel out of the King James Version, still my favorite translation, the King James the angel of the Lord encampeth around them that serve him and delivereth them. Last night, I read it again, Psalm 34, verse 7. And I can remember as a little boy, there was a picture somewhere in our house. Do you know the picture? It shows a little boy and girl with bare feet, rather chubby, and they're crossing a little bridge that is broken. And standing at the back of them with wings outstretched and arms stretched out is an angel. Do you know the picture? I've never forgotten it. There are angels all 
around. Jesus said of little children, don't despise them. He said in Matthew 18 and verse 10, he said, their angels always behold the face of my Father in heaven. This tells me that when children are born, God says, go, look after that child. Stand beside that child. Every person, my friend, has a guardian angel who is in touch with Almighty God. What a marvelous truth. And these angels are there to protect the people of God. I was reading this week of two young people who were lost in a blizzard in the north of America, South Dakota or somewhere. They were driving home for Christmas. It dropped to 70 below. And as they drove their car through the snow, the car gave some coughs and it stopped. They did everything they could to get it going. But it was finished. As the Russians say, it was kaput. And immediately they started to freeze. It was 70 below. I've never been where it's 70 below. I've been where it's 30 below and that's cold. I've been out in 30 below, but never 70 below. And the car started to freeze, and they started to freeze. And they said, God, have mercy upon us. And there was a knocking on the window. They were 100 miles from nowhere. A knocking on the window. They put down the frozen window, and there was a tow truck. The man said, I've come to tow you home. He hooked them up. He towed them for several hours through the snow, brought them back. They rushed inside their kitchen to try to get warm, to get money to pay the man. And when they went outside, there was one set of car tracks, their own. The skeptic can say, I do not believe it because I haven't seen it. Pity the skeptic. The skeptic a hundred years ago said, men go to the moon? How ridiculous. <laughs> they are God's agents of judgment. Remember how they came to Sodom? They said, this has gone on long enough. You know why they did this, don't you? Then the angel said to Lot, get out of this place, you and your wife and your children. And Lot was slow. So the angel, the Bible says, put out his hand, the Lord being merciful, and led them out. And then the angel said, let it fall. The fire came down. The angels come in judgment. They came in judgment in the days of Sodom. They came in judgment in the days of Belshazzar. When a bloodless hand, the hand of, a, of an angel, rode over against the, against the wall, against the plaster, on the plaster, near the candlestick. Many, many tickle you fasten. You're weighed in the balances and found wanting. That was the hand of an angel. Angels come at times of judgment. They came when Jerusalem was destroyed. On one occasion, David saw an angel standing with a sword stretched over Jerusalem. And then the blood started to flow. Could it be, I ask you, 
with the evil that is going on in the world that there are not angels standing with swords outstretched over New York and Sydney and Los Angeles. Could it not be that the time has come for the angels to intervene again? They are God's army, my friend. Don't doubt it, my friend. The Bible says they're going to come in the last judgment day too, you know. The Bible says that in 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, verses 7 and 8. They are God's special messages. They came to John the Baptist. They came to the father of John the Baptist. They came to Zechariah. They came to Joseph. They came to Mary. They came to the shepherds out in the fields. They said, this day is born Christ the Lord. They came to Cornelius and they said, the Bible tells us in Acts chapter 10 and verse 3 that he belonged to the Italian regiment of the army. And the Bible tells us, it says that he saw distinctly an angel. I was reading some wonderful stories this week. And some of our soldiers were in North Korea. They were separated from the rest of our troops. It was Christmas time. They hadn't eaten for six days. It was 30 below. And they were freezing. And those men came together and they prayed, God, have mercy. It appears the only thing we can do is to surrender to the communists. And as they prayed, there by themselves, a man appeared saying, I can take you through the passes of the mountains. He said, follow me. The American soldiers followed that man all night long through the passes, through the icy slopes, up the icy slopes, down the other side, back to American headquarters. And as so often has happened, when they tried to thank this man, there was no one to thank. Don't doubt, don't doubt, believe. I have felt the presence of angels in Africa, in Russia, in Australia, and America. On occasions when I have felt too physically weak to preach, I have felt a holy presence come beside me and walk out on the stage beside me. I believe I have been ministered to by angels. Did you know this? And this is absolutely wonderful. In the book of Daniel, chapter 10, we won't read it now, but the whole chapter talks about how angels work in the affairs of the governments. Daniel was praying. God sent down a mighty angel. And the Bible says that mighty angel wrestled with the prince of Persia day after day, week after week. A mighty angel was fighting the prince of Persia. Then the Bible says that mighty angel wasn't strong enough. So God sent down Michael. And he turned the battle. I believe that in the great parliaments of the world, 
in the Congresses, when the cause of truth is at stake, there are angels who arise and who speak and who turn the battle in the face of the enemy. A wonderful truth is that when Jesus comes the second time, the Bible says he comes with angels, millions, with glory. The Bible says he sends forth the angels and they're going to gather God's children from every land. Did you know that? One day, with these eyes that can't see them now, normally, we're going to see them. You think when Jesus comes, think of his glory. But when Jesus comes, he's going to come, not with a dozen, he's going to come with millions. And they're going to light up the heavens. One angel is like lightning. Think of it. The power, the glory, the strength. And then he's going to give the command. And the Bible says he sends his angels. An angel is going to come for you. Even if you're dead, you're going to be resurrected. And the first face you're going to see is the face of your angel. What conversations we're going to have when the angel sits down with you and me for one or two million years and says, remember when you were driving down the 101, that crazy person came at you in that Chevy Suburban and you were driving that little beat up Volkswagen and you thought, well, I just gave that suburban one big shove. And we'll think of the times when the mercy of God was shown in the care of angels. Therefore, this is what they call the payoff. How does this concern me? Is it so much talk? What are the conclusions? Here they are, simple. Never Never be afraid. There are more for us than those against us. Lord, open the eyes of the congregation. Never be afraid. Never, never despair. We have working for us a mighty, mighty, mighty army. And never, never Give up. Therefore, my message to you is this. Believe in God. And believe in angels. Amen. Please kneel. All kneel. I want to ask you a question now as we're kneeling. Before we pray. Who here believes in angels? Put up your hands. Put your hands down. Who here has been touched by an angel? I don't mean that an angel has come and woken you out of bed or anything like that. But who here on an occasion has felt a holy 
unseen presence. Lift up your hand if you have. I have. I have. You have, Beverly? Yes. I have often. When I've had to go out and face a big crowd of people and I don't know whether I'm going to get killed or not, I'm serious. When I've, I've walked out on stages in Russia in the dark, there's 20,000 people there and, and they're all communists or atheists or something. I have felt someone walk with me. Ever had that experience? You feel that someone is walking with you. Let me ask you today, who of you would like to have a prayer today and say, God, I want to experience angelic ministry in my life. I want to have the protection of God's army. I want to have their leadership and guidance. Would you raise your hand if you can pray that today? You know, some people say that's a crazy prayer. Just put your hand down. But did you know this today? Even people who've been cynical 20 years ago are no longer so cynical because they know there's much more out there than we ever dreamed possible. And I want you to know today, I just wish as we sit here today, we could all sort of have the scales drop off our eyes for three or four minutes. That would do me. Probably that would be more than I could take. And I could look here. It wouldn't be just this earthly angel here who sings so sweetly and what a beautiful girl she is. But right beside me, wouldn't it be wonderful just to say, here's an angel standing here. Wouldn't that be something? Uh-huh. And I, I'd probably have another one this side too. Probably need a couple. Wouldn't it be wonderful if your eyes could be opened today and you could see in this church that is filled with angels all around. Wouldn't you go out of this place transformed? Wouldn't you go out filled with joy? Wouldn't you go out unafraid? Wouldn't you go out facing the future with confidence? You can. Because when the prophet Elijah said, Lord, open this young man's eyes, he had his eyes open, you see. The prophet did. Wow. Right around that place, there were angels, chariots of fire. So there are. My message to you is believe in God. And believe that there are angels all around. Dear Father, we thank you today for the comfort of this message. Thank you today that we're not left to struggle with demonic forces by ourselves. And the world knows that there are demonic forces. Even unbelievers say there's evil out there. And millions of people who don't even profess your name, know that there are occult, bad forces. We thank you that we don't struggle against these principalities in our strength, but we have angels who stand with us. And the evil angels are no match for the good angels. And we thank you that over them all there is Michael.
the great prince. And we know who he is. He is one who is like unto God. He is not an angel himself, but he is the leader of the angels. And he is the mighty, powerful son of the Most High. Bless these people today. We just pray today for the protection of angels over our own lives, over our children, over our families, over this church, over this ministry. Might it be, our Father, that you will open the eyes of every man, woman, boy, and girl here today, and may they have a sense that they are not alone. It might it be that today and every day we will feel the touch and the brush of angels' wings and know that heaven is not very far away. Our Father, we're looking forward to the day when we're going to meet you and your Son and uh, we're even looking forward to sitting down and having a good chat, a good talk with the angel who has been with us since birth or maybe since conception, who has shared our hurts and our pains, our joys and our sorrows, our triumphs and our failures. And what a talk we're going to have. And what thanks will fill our hearts when we will know how your angels have stepped in and saved us from certain death and misfortune on many, many occasions. So, our Father, today we commit our lives into your hands. We worship you and thank you and bless you for the ministry of the angels. In Jesus' name, amen.